Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Morning, back into our series here today. We've been doing a, th- uh, a six-week series on uh, kind of a, a, a follow-up to our, our five-week series called Why the Church. Talked about why the church exists. And if you, you're new to the church or you've had a bad experience with church, I encourage you to go back and listen to that series. It will let you know what the Bible way of church exists, and maybe it'll change your perspective on the local church a little bit. And then this next six weeks has been kind of a springboard. Uh, we've been in a series, six-week series called Made for This, and talking about one of the purposes of the church or one of the purposes of our life is to, uh, is to worship. And we were created by God to worship God. And every time you and I uh, worship God in the way that God desires us to be worshiped as it's taught in scripture, you begin to fulfill your desired purpose and the reason you were created to bring glory to God, to bring glory to your creator, to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And so the big idea today is that, um, that, is that our words are filled, uh, when our words are filled with a demonstration of God's power, something significant happens in your life. When our words are filled with a demonstration of God's power, something significant happens in your life. I don't know about you, but have you ever said something to someone uh, that completely deflated that person? Ever made a comment to somebody and you'd watched and is it completely deflated them? I hate to admit I've done this so many times, probably to some of you in this room. I know I've done it to my wives at times. I know I've done it to my kids. And I know that there's times when you just, something comes out of your mouth and you say something and you immediately watch it just deflate them. And it just kind of like in a moment, in one word, it completely changes the demeanor of a person. It takes just a few seconds to utter a word and it could take a few years to undo that word. And when you speak words, when you let words come out of your mouth, did you know that it actually has, your word has an actual chemical impact on your brain? There's actually genes that regulate your physical and emotional stress. That when you speak words, your words can alter the expression of your face. Your words can strengthen areas of your brain that promote cognitive function. They propel parts of your brain to be able to uh, have resiliency in life and to be able to take action when you wouldn't take action. There's something powerful about the idea of a word being filled with life or death. God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter one with just one word. We don't see him taking his hand and forming things. He spoke one word and said, let there be light and it came into existence. And we learn all throughout scripture that you and I actually have the same ability and the power to create with our words. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a scripture. I've been reading this text, and I just felt like I wanted to speak from it. And God showed me something in this verse that I think might benefit you today. If you can learn what I'm about to share with you, as I've said this every week, if you can learn the, the, the key of what I'm about to teach you today, I want to make a personal promise to you that there will be spiritual breakthrough in your life. That if you can learn what I'm about to share with you today, if you can act on it as we're going to practice it a little bit today after after my message today, we're going to go back into a time of worship. I want to make a promise to you from personal experience that what I'm about to teach you today can change a situation from death to life. It can change a situation from sadness to joy. There's something spiritual and biblical about what we're going to talk about today. 
And so I want to get into the Word today. If you have your Bibles, you can open it up to Gen or, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 1. And we're going to read in verse, in verse 20, 26. And it says this, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, and not many were influential, and not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Now, Paul is this man of God. Paul is intellectual and trained in all things of the Jewish law. Paul came from a wealthy family. Paul was a Roman. Uh, Paul was a Jew. Paul was the Hebrew of Hebrews. Paul had a lot to, to, to talk about. He had a lot to, to boast about, a lot to be confident in. He could have said he was confident in his job, or he could have been confident in his abilities, or he could have been confident in his intellectualism. But Paul here says, listen, when Christ found you and me, we were nothing. That we were lowly, and we were despised, and we were without. And even though we may think that our career makes us something, in reality it doesn't that we're low and we're despised. And actually the word there, the word used for lowly is actually where we get the root Greek word genetic. And it actually means as though you're unborn, as though we're, we're as though we never even existed. It's though that we have no significance in life. That when Christ found us, he, we came to a place in our lives where we realized everything that I have in my life is worth nothing. And I've got nowhere to go. And I've got nowhere to turn. And that is when Jesus entered your life. And Paul here is saying, listen, think about what happened when he called you and where you were and where you were at in your life. He says, God chose you in that moment when you were nothing, when you were no one, when you had lost. I know if I went around the room today and talked to many of you and I said, hey, have there been moments in your life when you've hit the bottom, when you've hit the lowest and you felt like you were desperate for God and you know that at that very moment, that's when God came into your life and chose you and wanted to be involved in your life and wanted to minister to you and wanted to speak to you and wanted to call you. That was the moment when God came and ministered to your life. That when we were lowly and we were broken and we were hurting, in fact, the Bible here says that it's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Listen, the message of the cross gives those who had no respect self-respect. The message of the cross gives eternal life to those who had no life. The message of the cross tells you that even though the world doesn't really care about you, that God matters, he, you matter to God intensely. That even though the world doesn't care about us and our family sometimes doesn't care about us and our friends don't care about us, and even though at times we feel so insignificant and we feel broken and we feel lost, that we are so worth the, the eyes of God that he would send his one and only son to die for us, that his, Jesus Christ died on the cross because we were so worthless and we had nothing left to offer. That's when God came into our lives and met us with Jesus Christ. In Christianity is the most uplifting thing in all the universe. This is what normalizes us. For people who are far from God, people who don't know God, I remember the time 
I, I try to figure life out and career and life and sex and addiction and all these things. And every time I come to those things, they would leave me empty and void and broken. And the moment I met Jesus, my life, I became normal. I began to realize this is why I was created. I came into my identity and I came into my purpose and I came into my value and I realized all of a sudden that this is what makes me feel normal. This is what makes me who I am. This is the moment that I come alive in my weakness and in my loss and in my lowest moments. I can relate to the fact that at those moments, that's when God comes in. And that's what Paul's saying in this verse, that it's because of Jesus that you are here today. It's because of Jesus that in your sin and your brokenness and your pain, Jesus came and he broke through your darkness and he broke through the challenge of your life. Paul here is talking about the incredible impact of the cross of Jesus Christ in your life and the impact that it has in you. In its simplest form, God chose you. God came for you. He qualified you despite your current place of life, despite your failures, despite your shortcomings, he qualified you, he cared for you, he saved you, and you were not what you used to be. You are now redeemed and you are set free. And the message of the cross is that even when you were broken and lost, he came into that moment and he broke through the darkness and he shined a light into your life and brought joy and peace and hope and life, uh, overwhelming and abundant life for you. Even when you didn't feel like you deserved it in your life, Jesus broke through. And that is the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here today, because there is nothing you can do in your life that can ever satisfy, that can ever bring yourself to a place where he says, now, now you deserve it. We will always and forever never deserve the grace of God, but that's what's so beautiful about our Savior. And that's what's so beautiful about the cross of Jesus Christ, that even while we were enemies of God, he died for us and he changed us and he made us new and he found us and he restored us. That is the power and the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Look what Paul says here. Therefore, because of this, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. That word boast there means to praise. <laughs> If you're going to praise about something, if you're going to boast about something in your life, boast in the fact that our God saves. Boast in the fact that he brought you from darkness to light. Boast in the fact that you were headed for death and now you have eternal life. Boast in the fact that he wants to transform you and make you new. Paul said, listen, therefore, if I'm going to boast, I deserve none of this. I am going to boast and glory in Jesus Christ. I am going to use my words to praise God. Something I'm gonna boast about, not myself, I'm gonna boast in God. Now listen, he continues. He goes on to the next chapter. Look what he says. And so it was with me. I was that lost person. I was that broken person. Jesus broke into my darkness. Jesus saved me. I was nothing, brothers and sisters. But I want you to know that when I came to you, so Paul went to Corinth to start this church. 
So Paul walks into Corinth with no followers of God. And he walked in. And he walked into this place where there was no churches. There was no Christians. There was nothing. And he walked in and Paul said, when I came to you, when I came into your world, when I walked into your city with a desire to spread the gospel, this message of the cross, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and with great trembling. He says, my message, my words, my preaching, my words were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. He says, when I walked into this city, I didn't come trying to give you intellectual thinking, try to rationalize the, why the creation happened the way it did, or talk about the nuance of the Trinity, or talk about the end times and how it's going to happen. All I resolved was to come to you and to declare and boast with my mouth how good my God has been in my life. How I was an addict and he restored me. How my marriage was falling apart and he made me new. About how I used to be angry and now I'm full of joy. About how I used to be lost and broken and destitute and now I declare the demonstration of the Spirit's power in my life. Why? Look what he says. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. So that means we can have a faith that rests on human wisdom. Paul started this church with words demonstrating God's power. Paul started this church by praising God. He founded the church on worship. He founded the church by going into every context where he was and he began to demonstrate the Spirit's power by boasting about how good God was, by praising God, by lifting his voice, by declaring how good God was. This is how the church of Corinth started. Our words can be empty words or our words can have power. What comes out of your mouth? What gospel do you represent? Is it empty? Or is it powerful? Look what Solomon said. The tongue, words can bring death or life. Look at this. This is a very famous scripture in Acts chapter 2. When Jesus was uh, risen from the dead, he met with his disciples and he told them to go up to the upper room. And he said, I want you to stay there because the Holy Spirit's going to come down on the earth. And so here he is. Jesus is gone. He ascended up to be with the Father. He returned the way he came. And now the disciples are up in the upper room. And all of a sudden, look what it says. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want you to notice something very interesting. The very, very first impact that the Holy Spirit had on his believers was on their tongue, on their words. And look what it says. Just a few verses later, the people around are listening to this, them speak in tongues. They were speaking in different languages like French and Spanish and, and all these different languages. And it says, all we hear are these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful thing God has done. The very first thing the Holy Spirit did when he came to the earth is he touched your tongue. He touched the disciples' tongue so that they will begin to declare and praise God with their mouth. And it says, all we hear is you talking about the wonderful things that God is doing. And then Peter preaches this message 
And he preaches the message I just told you that Paul preached about how you crucified Christ, but Christ came to redeem you and set you free. And look what happened in verse 37. Peter's words. Everyone say words. Peter's words. Peter didn't do a miracle. Peter didn't walk on water. Peter didn't cause fire to come from his hands. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him, to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? This is a crazy reality, guys, that the very first miracle that the Holy Spirit did on the planet with his believers is cause the believers' tongues to proclaim and declare and praise God with their lips. <laughs> and in that day, 3,000 people became followers of Jesus Christ, not including women and children. There were no physical miracles accounted for in that first chapter. All we saw is that people spoke words of God and people came to salvation because they spoke about the cross of Jesus Christ and they declared and they praised that my God is a great God, that my God is a holy God, that my God is a redeemer and a transformer. God, you are holy. God, I lift my sacrifice of praise to you. And what happens in the atmosphere is a demonstration of God's power comes down in the hearts of people. <laughs> Look at this verse. David wrote this. You are holy, God. Look at this. Enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now, Israel is a version of the church. It's the church. The church is you and me. That word praises is the word tehillah. It actually means a hymn or a song sung out of adoration to God. A song of thanksgiving to God. That word enthroned there actually means this, to dwell, to remain, to sit. It implies the idea of moving in permanently, like I'm changing locations. I'm moving in per permanently to that community. He says that when the people of God lift a song of adoration to God, a song of thanks, the Bible teaches right here that God moves in permanently. Where? To your words. So what I'm teaching you something today is something that's a supernatural key to breakthrough in your life. That when you are in a situation and you begin to sing adoration to God and thanks to God and holiness to God and to lift Him high and, and, to, and to do all those different things, He moves into the words that you are speaking and something changes in the atmosphere in your life. Something changes. Something shifts. Something transforms in that place. And the reason Paul could talk about this was because Paul experienced it. There was a time in the book of Acts where Paul came to a, a city and he was in this city and he was just going around telling people about the cross of Christ. And while he's walking around, there's this young girl following behind Paul. Now, this young girl was a psychic. She worked for this big boss in the city and tourists would come into town and he had contracted all these different psychics to go around and basically work on the streets and you know, like a tarot reader or a psychic and say, hey, let me tell your future for some money. So if you ever want evidence that psychics are not of God, you should read this verse. <laughs> because this young girl was a psychic, she was a fortune teller, she did tarot cards, she was a reader of the future. And she followed Paul around and she declared wherever Paul went, these guys are declaring the most high God where you can find salvation. Everywhere Paul and Silas went, this girl walked up behind them declaring, these guys are carrying the very gospel of Jesus, the salvation of God. You can be saved through these guys. She's filled with Satan. 
and she's walking around declaring on and on everywhere they went and finally Paul got annoyed <laughs> Paul I'm like I'm like dude just let her do it God's moving man Paul got annoyed you know what Paul did he's walking along these guys are declaring he finally said Silas just a minute in the name of Jesus come out of her right now and the Bible says that a demon came out of her she fell to the ground she was in her right mind. She was restored. She got up. She went back into the city and she said, I can't tell the future anymore because I've given my life to Christ. And the worker was ticked. The, the boss was angry. And so the, the, the boss went and got the authorities, went and got Paul and Silas, beat the living daylights out of them, threw them into jail. And the Bible says in the deepest part of the prison, shackled their hands and shackled their feet and threw them into prison because Paul got annoyed with a girl for saying that they were going to find salvation through these guys. Now, I don't know about you, but if I today, after preaching this message, had the authorities waiting for me outside and I was going to be shackled and thrown into the deepest, dankest part of the prison, I'm not sure I would be very happy about that. I'm not sure. What would your response be in this situation? God, what are you doing to me? I'm serving you. Why is this happening to me, God? Why are you making this happen? I'm a follower of you, Father. I was just preaching the gospel. This girl was irritating. She was giving people the wrong message about who you are. Here I am trying to serve you, God, and now I'm facing hardship. God, I thought I was a follower of you. What's going on? And on and on, I can imagine my complaining and my anger and my frustration that my situation is not what I hoped that it would be. But Paul shows us a little different way to respond. It says in Acts chapter 16, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. That's the word, the Hebrew derivative of Tehillah. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Here they are in the middle of a dark desert, in the middle of a dank dungeon, shackled. And Paul starts singing, How great are you, God? Sing with me, how great. Here you, God, sing with me. How great are you, God? I worship you, Lord. I know I don't, I don't like being here, God. This is hard and it's tough that my marriage isn't struggling, God. And I just can't pay my bills today, God. I know that. And I know that, God, I made some bad decisions in areas of sin in my life. And now I'm feeling shameful and guilt. But God, I want you to know that you're the king of my life, oh God. Holy is your name, oh God. I bring a sacrifice of praise to you, Lord. I don't care what anybody thinks about me, Lord. I just want to honor your name because you're good no matter what in my life, God. And they raised a praise to God. Oh, and look what happens. Suddenly. Everybody say, suddenly. suddenly. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he threw his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? All because... Paul was in the dungeon of his life. He chose instead of to grumble or to be angry or to be upset. He says, you know what? I know my God is good. I'm going to lift a tahila. I'm going to lift a sacrifice of praise to my God and believe that when I do that, there'll be a demonstration of God's power. Look, there was an earthquake and Paul didn't escape. He didn't take the opportunity to run out. He stayed right there and said, hey, we're still here, guy. And the guy said, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to know this God that you're singing about. This God who sings, the, the God that does the things that you're singing about in your song, this demonstration of God's power. I want to follow that God too. There's something powerful that when you lift your praise, your tehillah up. In fact, 
many theologians believe that Paul was praying something called the Great Halal. It's Psalms 113 to 118, Psalms 136. And I thought we could just get a little snippet of maybe what Paul was, pre, was singing that day. In Psalms 118, look what it says. Out of my deep anguish and pain I prayed. And God, you helped me as a father. You came to my rescue. You broke open the way into a beautiful and broad place, oh God. Now I know, Lord, you are for me and I will never fear what man can do to me. For you stand beside me as my hero who rescues me. And I've seen with my own eyes the defeat of my enemies and I've triumphed over them all. Lord, it is so much better to trust in you, oh God to save me than to put my confidence in men, to put my confidence in someone else. That's exactly what Paul and Silas did. They just began to sing. You're a way maker, God. You're a holy God. You're a wonderful God. And guess what happened in their midst? Something changed in the atmosphere. See, this is why Paul taught this in Hebrews. Through Jesus, therefore, in Hebrews 13, 15, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Paul taught that. So I didn't come to you trying to teach you about the nuances of revelations. I came to you simply talking about the cross of Christ in my life. Whenever I was with believers, we just begin to openly declare with praise, with a song of adoration, with a song of thanksgiving, and I begin to worship God. See, you look at this verse here and you see it's a sacrifice of praise. We often think, well, a sacrifice is something hard. Praise is something that bubbles up within us. That seems like an oxymoron. No, these two words are intertwined. And praise does not always cost us something. When my dog actually gets off of her little duff because she's so old and goes outside and goes to the bathroom, I say, good job, Sophie. When Ezra obeys me right away, good job, son. That's not a sacrifice for me to say, good job, old boy, when he does what I tell him to do. When I get a promotion and life's good, it's easy for me to say, God, you are good. When I've been praying for a child and I have that baby or when my marriage gets a little bit better and you know, you got a big long fight and then things get real good. You say, oh, thank you, Lord. It's easy for us to praise God when things are great. But the biblical sacrifice of praise costs us something. It's a conscious choice. It's a willing sacrifice. It's an act of your will. It's a commanding of your will that even though I'm in this room and I don't feel like doing it, James keeps telling me to lift my voice. Why does Ryan keep radically lifting his voice every single time? It's because I'm not feeling it either, but I'm choosing to raise my hands, give a yada to halal, not care about what he thinks about me, and give a tehillah, a sacrifice of praise to my God. Because I know that when I start engaging God in that way, guess what? When I spark, start to speak life about who God is, guess what? God inhabits the words and the presence of God begins to come down in my life. True. Phrase 54, Psalms 54, 6, I will sacrifice a free will offering. That word free will is a voluntary offering out of my own volition. Not just when it feels good. Not just when we hit the perfect part of that Waymaker song and we're like, oh, how can you not? This is song one when you walk in and you're tired and you're not really like that first song because I know a lot of you guys don't anyways. It's okay, I get it. And you walk in, you're like, oh, okay, here we are. Got my coffee, got my thing. Listen, a sacrifice of praise is this. Okay, the lights are flickering. James's mic's not working. The tracks are too loud. 
I got something in my ear, ringing in my ear. My toe hurts. I haven't had enough coffee today. Man, my hair looks funny, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like I'm having an off week, but you know what? This is a voluntary sacrifice. This is the most time when I don't want to do this. I don't want to raise my hands. I don't want to worship God. I don't want to lift my voice. And guess what? When you make that conscious decision to speak with your mouth, the body that we just taught you, that it does something in your brain chemically, and you begin to lift your hands and sing a song of trust me, you will experience the very weight of God's glory in your life, and you'll experience the presence of Jesus like you've never experienced him before, simply by your decision to push through your emotion, your fear, your shame, maybe pride, and say, okay, God, when the medical test comes back and it's bad, when the spouse wants a divorce, when the child goes wayward, when the mortgage company calls in for the loan, God seems very far away from us, doesn't he? We can't see his goodness. We can't see his, the circumstances scream that he's forgotten about us. Those are the moments when the sacrifice of praise have the most impact in your life. And this is why we prioritize our time of worship together. Because I want you to experience what I've experienced. The very essence and presence of the manifest Christ in my life. Trans transforming in our pursuit. I remember I'm going to use Andrew as an example. We were sitting in a pursuit night one night back in my house on Brayside. And Andrew's standing there. I just remember so clearly. He didn't really raise his hands very often. He was just learning about worship. I don't mean to embarrass you, bro, but I'm just going to use you as an example today. I've been on a long journey with this guy. I remember just standing there with his hands to his side. Brittany was with him. And I just remember my heart just feeling so, so uh, much wanting you guys to experience what I've experienced in my relationship with the Lord. I remember it very clearly. Andrew, this is what he did. He just kind of went, thank you, God. He just really quietly, because his voice is a little, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. And he just started like, I just heard him uttering, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I promise you, if you ask Andrew, that was the moment in his life when God transformed him. That was the moment when there was this like breakthrough in his life. There was a moment when I think God gave him the ability to do things that break through things in his life that he was struggling with and relationship-wise and life-wise. God just began to do something because I said, okay, this isn't really about me. God has a love language and his love language is yada, to worship with extended hands. His love language is halal. I don't care what anyone thinks about me. His love language is tehila, a sacrifice of praise. When I do that, guess what? God knows you. You don't just know him. You experience him. Now, I want to end here today, before we go back into a time of worship, with just three things we see that happen very quickly. In Psalms 40, and the band can come up, James. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry and he lifted me out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and the mire and he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. That is a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus did in my life. He pulled me out of the muck. He pulled me out of the mire. He pulled me out of the challenges of my life. This is the time and the moment. Look what happened after God did that to this man's life. It says he put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. So I want you to hear me. That when God impacted David's life, the immediate response, the evidence that there was salvation active in your life is he put a new song in your mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. The response, the sacrifice of praise of worship, I want you to hear me, is external evidence that you've experienced the cross of Christ. I want you to sit with that for a minute. 
Because you say, right, isn't this a denominational thing? Is this a charismatic thing? Is this a... No, it's none of those things. It's actually a God's preference thing. And he teaches us in the scripture right here that God, when I cried out to you, you came and met me and you transformed my life. God says, okay, now I'm going to put a new song in your mouth that, so that you can sing about it and you can tell others about it and that I can, I can do something in your life. And look what he says in this verse. There's three things that happens. First thing is this. Look at this. Many will see. He gives you a fresh faith. The second one is he says, many will fear. You have a, a fresh awe. That word fear means literally to stand in awe of God. It's like standing at the top of the Canadian Rockies and looking down. I've never done this. John has. Looking down. And I can imagine the, uh, the awe of God as you look across the landscape of his creation. You're overwhelmed. That's what can happen. You don't have to go to a mountain to experience. You just actually have to lift your hands in a sacrifice of praise. And there will be an awareness and a fear that God is so much bigger than I am. I'm so puny in the reality of life. Yet he cares so much for me. Look what the last thing is. As many will see and fear the Lord and they will put their trust and you'll have a fresh trust in God. A fresh desire to put your trust in Him. That when your relationships are falling apart and things aren't going well in your life and you feel, you know, the Bible teaches that when you have depression, the spiritual answer to depression in your life is the garment of praise. Jesus, the ministry of Jesus in Isaiah 61. And one of the things he did was he gave you an exchange. He says, I'm going to give you a garment of praise for your heaviness. So when you're feeling heavy, you just begin to lift your hand and say, okay, this is evidence that I'm a follower of Christ. This is evidence that I put my trust in you. God, you're a holy God. Now you have a fresh faith coming. You begin to see differently. You have a, you have a fresh awe of God, a fresh awareness of who God is. Then you have a fresh trust in Him. And you begin to put your hope in Him once again. And all the things that you're facing in life, you begin to have a fresh outlook simply because you just made a sacrifice of your own volition to raise your hands and to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. We're just going to finish our time together in worship. So come on, I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to worship together. So this is what we're going to do to start this. Some of you in the room might be brand new here, and maybe you're not a follower of Christ, and that's okay today. I'm glad you're here with us to be a part of this today. I want everybody in the room just to do me a favor. I want to encourage you just right now. I want you to just place your hands out just like this in front of you. I want every person, why don't you close your eyes for a few moments. We're gonna practice this for a minute. Listen, I got the worst voice in the room, okay? And so I'm gonna set a good example for you here and I'm gonna show you what this looks like before we go back into our time of worship. Come on, right now, I want you just to lift your hands and I'm gonna to begin to sing. Maybe you wanna whisper it right now. Maybe you wanna shout it. But come on, I encourage you right now to bring a tahila. Come on, Father, I worship you, Lord. Come on, I'm gonna do it. I want you just to lift your voice. Just begin to say good things about him. Just acknowledge how good he is. Like, God, you're good. Or, God, you're awesome. Or, you're faithful. Or, God, you're amazing. Come on, just for a few moments this morning. Come on, we exalt your name, oh God. Holy.
Come on, just go ahead and lift your hand. Just begin to sing out loud how good God is in your life tonight. Come on, worship you, Lord. You are holy, God. declare how good God is. We're saying he's the only God. Come on, he's high and lifted up. Come on, get past yourself right now. Come on, just lift your hands and begin to worship him right now. Come on, sing it again. Come on, sing. Sacrifice of praise. Lord, I make a choose, Father. It's a willing choice. It's a conscious effort right now, God, to lift you high, oh God. We worship you, Lord. You put a new song in my mouth, God. Give a praise to my God. Thank you for pulling me out of the mind and clay, oh God. Thank you for saving my life, oh God. Thank you for setting me free, oh God. Thank you for transforming my life, oh God. You're a good God, you're a faithful God, you're a holy God, you're a righteous God. Come on, every eye closed in this place right now. Come on, every eye closed. I want to ask a question that I ask every single week. The Bible just taught that when we lift the praise to God, when we sing this sacrifice of praise, that people hear the demonstration of God's power and their hearts are transformed. And in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And when we exalt the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that when Jesus Christ be lifted up, all men and all women will be drawn unto him. So today, if you're here, and every eye closed, you say, Ryan, I'm here. It's my, maybe it's my first time to church. Maybe I don't know God. Maybe... I'm not a Christian, or maybe I'm not a follower of Jesus, or maybe you were at one time, a long time ago, and today you're here, and you say, man, I, I think I'd like to start this journey again. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. I got a lot of areas of my life where maybe I got to work through, but today I want to start that journey. Today I want to go on this journey with a group of people who are just trying to know God better, just trying to be the people God's called us to be and we're all broken and hurting and lost and have issues and every single person in this room is just in need of God to come and pour out his grace into our lives come on with every eye closed today I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to pull you forward I'm not going to acknowledge you I just want you to raise your hand very quickly and put it right back down and I want to pray with you we'll all pray together come on on the count of three you're here today and you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ like to start that journey today on the count of three one come on don't be afraid we won't embarrass you number two come on on the count of three one two three come on go ahead and put your hand in the air come on amen 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 come on go ahead and put your hand up in the air praise the lord amen 
Come on, I just sense the Lord right now wants to do something new. I just feel like the Lord wants to do something new. It just dropped a thought in my heart that the, the former, the things of the old, the things of the past today. There's some of those in the room today who are call themselves followers of Jesus today and God wants to come and do something new in your life. He wants to come and do something new in your heart. He wants to cause the, the, the grave clothes to come off of your heart today. And today he wants to restore the joy of your salvation. Come on, I just sense today the Lord wants to do something new in the hearts of people who are followers of Jesus today, but you've gone stale and you've gone dry. And even today you say, Ryan, I just, I don't feel the presence of the Lord and I just feel dead inside today. The word of the Lord for your life is, I'm here to do a new thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to bring light in the darkness, bring death, bring a life to those things that are dead in you today. I want to do something new in your heart. Come on, if that's you today, and you say, Ryan, I want you to pray for me today. I want you to put your hand in the air. Say, Ryan, that's me today. Come on, I want you to pray for me today. I want something new in my heart, new in my life today. Come on, put your hand up real high. Come on, all across the room today. Come on, by the power of Jesus' name right now. Lord, I speak the demonstration of God's power. Jesus, you died on a cross when you didn't have to. You gave up the idea of God, and you came to earth, and you came to earth as a human, and you died for our sins. And Father, you rose on the third day. We speak life into every heart today. And we say, God, you are the God of new. You are the God of forgiveness. You are the God of redemption. You are the God of breakthrough. You are the God that makes a way where there is no way. And I speak to every heart in this place, every heart that's gone dormant, every heart that's gone dry. And I speak to that grave. And I say, come forth in the name of Jesus Christ today. Come on, I speak the life-giving words of Jesus Christ that he created you and he formed you and he made you that you might function in a relationship with him. Today, God, I speak to that heart and I pray against shame and guilt and fear that keeps us from stepping forward into a walk with you. Religion that comes and overtakes our heart at times. And we feel it's just about doing good things. But God, there's nothing we can do, God. You just love us because you just love us. You just love us unconditionally, just as we are. And so, Father, I just pray today for those in the room, God, who've gone dry and dormant, we speak fresh life into their hearts. Come on, church, would you repeat after me as we pray this prayer for a few folks here today? Dear Lord Jesus. Come on, real loud. Dear Lord Jesus. I'm here today to know you better. I want new life in you. Forgive me of all my sin. Come on, say this loud. I declare, Jesus, that you're God. And I want to follow you with my whole life. I commit myself to you. Come and take control of my life. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Amen. Come on, guys. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.